as a preacher, some days are easier to preach and some days are harder to preach. This is one of the harder to preach days. If you go back to our encounter in the book of Samuel between the prophet Samuel and King Saul, you read that and you say, what are they talking about? And what has that got to do with us? What does it have to do with me here and now? So let me summarize and and simplify. Samuel, the prophet, is saying to Saul, Saul, God gave you a job, and he gave you instructions, and he wanted you to do it, and he wanted your obedience to be an act of worship. And you heard what God said, and said, my will be done not thy will be done. And then you did what you wanted it, and you offered it to God, and you demanded that God bless it, and you called it worship. In other words, Saul, in your pride, you're telling God how you want to worship God, rather than how to obey and worship God as God has commanded. Okay? Now we go to Mark and we see the same thing. The Pharisees are telling the Christ of God, you're not doing worship right. Really? Really? So, oh, okay. Sometimes in the Old Testament, sometimes in the gospel, people were arrogant and and foolish. What has this got to do with us? Let me give you an example. Some of you may have heard we are in the middle in the United States, of a three-year Eucharistic revival. You may have gotten emails saying, revival is in the air. And you may know that this June, there will be a Eucharistic Congress in Indiana, which is supposed to be the apex of our three-year experience of Eucharistic revival. The climax will be a mass in a stadium with tens of thousands of people. Well, the organizers of the Eucharistic Congress just announced a gentleman's name. I never heard of him. I don't know who he is, except that he's a layman and a musician. Now, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I'll assume he's a talented, accomplished musician. I'll even assume that he's a loving saint and he levitates when he prays. But here's what the public announcement said. Mr. So-and-so will lead worship at the Eucharistic Congress. And I thought to myself, shouldn't the local bishop be leading worship? He is the high priest of the diocese. And for Catholics, isn't worship the holy sacrifice of the Mass? Which is offered by, you know, the cleric ordained to be configured to Christ so Christ the high priest can act through him. So what they really mean in their carelessness is they're taking the Protestant blending of praise and worship. And basically what this musician is going to be is he's going to be the opening act for Christ at kind of this Catholic Woodstock. And the goal is to have 10,000, 50,000 people going like this. Well, this very nice man plays the guitar and the piano. And that's fine. If you want to do that, knock yourself out. But don't call it worship. Now here's the problem. The people from the Eucharistic Congress, they didn't use their own money to put this out on social media. 
Somebody who was a cleric with enough power to have a checkbook wrote a check to pay for that. That cleric is obviously a member of Father's People Who Should Really Know Better Club. The first commandment is the first commandment for a reason. Our number one job in this life is to worship God worthily as both an act of love, gratitude, and worship. Now, you may have discovered in your life that as soon as you involve human beings, it's always going to go sideways eventually. It's enough. Have you met people? They're awful. I don't like them. Whenever you get humans involved, it's going to be a mess. So periodically, we have to clean up the mess. So I'm going to give you a vocabulary to help you to understand what worthy worship is meant to be. So that the next time very well-intentioned, very well-financed, and not well-informed people try to get your enthusiasm, you'll say, wait a minute, let me check this against the Word of God. So here are the words that I want you to remember. Reaction, renewal, revival, and reform. What is reaction? Well, reaction is usually overreaction. It's like when you look in the house and say, I hate this house, and you rearrange everything. and say, well, that was awful. Let's put it back the way it was. Well, nobody needs reaction, which is overreaction. And renewal is, let's tidy up. Okay, that would be fine. You stack the magazines on the coffee table. Revival is deep cleaning. You've got to get the Windex out. You've got to get the scrub brush out. You've got to get the bucket out. And reform is we've got to strip the walls down to the studs. We've got to lift the house up and repour a foundation. What we really need is revival and reform. Here's the thing. If you've got to have revival, you revive something that's comatose or dead. If you don't ask how it got dead, the revival's not going to last very long. Hey, you're dying of cancer. Want a haircut? You look great. Wait, what? No. Can we talk about the cancer? You're going to be fabulous. We're going to put highlights in. You want a little product in your hair? It'll be great. You don't want to take someone like that seriously. And so revival requires the humility to realize we let it die. And reform... Real reform is a gift of God. We don't make reform. We receive reform. Now, Catholic thinkers have always said, grace builds on nature. God's going to do what God's going to do. But what God does will be more effective if we're prepared. God can plant seed, but if we give him rocks and weeds, the seed isn't going to grow. So we cooperate with humility and obedience and revival and reform. And we really shouldn't trust people who've got great and exciting ideas, a checkbook with somebody else's money, and careless enthusiasms. One of the hallmarks of Protestant worship is the Protestant gets to decide. The Protestant worship leader is self-anointed, not called by God, not configured to Christ by virtue of the sacrament of holy orders. So whatever you read and whatever you hear, when it comes to worship, which is the number one job of human beings in this life, be careful, 
Be careful, be careful. Because people can be so foolish, as we see in scriptures today, that we can even try to correct God about how God is to be worshipped. That's a mistake. And I want you to remember, and I want you to study, those four words. Reaction, renewal, revival, and reform. Because our salvation depends on it. May God's holy name be praised now and forever.